Turn your Bibles to Psalm 92. Uh, We're going to continue with our series, Planted, uh, Part 3. Uh, we've been having a good time talking about this. I hope that uh, many of you have been challenged. I hope that you've been encouraged. And uh, maybe even some of you corrected uh, a little bit in some areas. And how many know that's what the Bible's for? Come on. It's to encourage us. It's to challenge us. It's to correct us. It's to do all those things. And so I hope that has been happening in you. Um, all of our, our messages are on podcast on our website, as well as we live feed. We have anywhere from, you know, 5 to 15 people checking out the live feed every week. I know my wife is, is listening right now. Hi, baby. I love you. You're beautiful, even through the camera. Um, and so we're live feeding. So if you miss any of these services, uh, you can go to our website and check it out. Um, or um, if, if you, you know, you decided to sleep in and you thought, oh, I'm going to be late to church, just pop on your computer, check it out, and uh, you get the whole worship, and, and you get to hear the message as well. Planted, we've been talking about it. Let me give you this definition before I get to the reading of the scripture. Uh, it is this, and this is our own definition that we've kind of come up with because if you look up the definition of planted in the dictionary, there is not one clear definition. It keeps resorting back to a plant. And so uh, through reading all of this stuff, we came up with this definition. It's to set firm in soil, creating an environment in which further growth can take place. And so we have one here um, that's in that, and then we have one here that we've had with us for the last couple weeks, and it's not planted, and how many know it's not doing too good, okay? Although I have been watering it, um, but it's not planted. Um, it's just chilling in a, in a big pot, and then that one right there is planted. So to be set firm in soil, create an environment which further growth can take place. You're going to see this in Psalm 92 as well as we read it today, and it's going to mention the house of the Lord. Uh, we, we realize this, that as we've been studying over the last several weeks, that the house of the Lord as referenced in here is referring to uh, New Testament now, or where you live now, the local church. Okay? Look at 1 Timothy 3.15. When you get a chance, it might be on the screens, but it says this. I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. Now, the church of God is, is much bigger than urban church. There's a lot of great churches in San Diego. There's a lot of great churches, right, you know, in, in the area that we're ministering to. There's a lot of great churches worldwide. But it's all those churches that are preaching the truth of the gospel um, that are referenced here. And, and in your case, it's this church that you're attending today. Or if you've been planted here, we're talking about urban church. Uh, we begin to discuss some of the benefits of being planted. Last week, we discovered this one, nurtured. When a plant is planted in a pot, proper nurturing can take place. When I water it, the soil absorbs the water, and, and it gets the nutrients and the water it needs. If a plant isn't planted, such as the dying one on my right, your left, it begins to look hideous. Come on, somebody. Some of you are wondering why your life isn't looking good. Maybe it's because you're not planted. Okay? So this one, it's not doing so good. I pour the water on it, but the minute I pour the water on it, it just runs right off. It's not, it's not getting what it needs. Why? Because it's not planted. This one's getting nurtured. It's one of the benefits of being planted. And we talked about the different aspects of that. You get fed. How many think that's a good thing? Come on, getting fed. Some of the partners in ministry got fed well last night. Marshmallows and chocolate. Come on, somebody. Strawberries and chocolate. Oh, we had it all. Don't you wish you were a partner in ministry? You can be. All right. You'll be protected. You'll be protected. That's a pretty cool one as well. You have people that will protect you, but more than that, there's a spiritual principle there that we see in Scripture as the trees that were talked about in Psalm 92 are actually trees that were planted in the temple. 
Okay? And that's why it makes reference to them. These trees were planted in the temple. Therefore, when the elements from the outside would try to come, they would be protected because they were inside the temple. And thirdly, we talked about this, this one, and it's this, you'll be corrected. You'll be corrected. Okay? And we talked about that with the analogy of pruning. This plant, if we want it to continue to grow and be healthy, we need to prune stuff off of it. The one over here that's dying, I could prune it all I want. It's just going to continue to die because it's not planted. But this one that's planted, as I correct it or as I prune it, it, it creates room for more healthy growth. When God comes in your life and begins to discipline you, it is not because he does not like you. It's because he loves you. We talked about that last week out of Hebrews. Whom the Lord loves, he, yeah, he chastens, he prunes, he corrects, okay? If there is no discipline happening in your life, really you ought to be scared. Come on, somebody, okay? But when that discipline is taking place in your life, then, okay, you know what? I'm loved, okay? And sometimes it's the, it's the more painful type of love that sometimes loves us the most. Are you with me this morning, okay? And so, and so we talked about that last week. Today we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about this aspect of being planted, this benefit, and it's called belong or belonging, okay? Let's read Psalm 92 together. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praise to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night, to the music of the lute and the harp and the melody of the lyre. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work, and the works of your hands I sing for joy. Verse 5, how great are your works, O Lord. Your thoughts are very deep. The stupid man cannot know. The fool cannot understand this. That though the wicked sprout like grass and all evildoers flourish, they are doomed to destruction forever. Verse 8, but you, O Lord, are on high forever. For behold, your enemies, O Lord, for behold, your enemies shall perish. All evildoers shall be scattered. But you have exalted my horn like that of a wild ox. You have poured over me fresh oil. My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. My ears have heard the doom of my evil assailants. Verse 12, the righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. How many want your life to flourish? Come on, okay? Well, your life can flourish. The Bible says the righteous flourish like a palm tree and like the cedar of Lebanon. Two reasons why they mention these trees. I mentioned it earlier. They're planted, number one, they're planted in the temple. The actual temple back then had these trees planted in it. The other reason it uses these trees is because these trees are Big, they're, they're, they, they, they provide shade, they're strong, they're sturdy. And we talked about that in, uh, in our first part of planted. And so this is the imagery that the Bible is using about you. The righteous, how many of you guys righteous in here right now? You love Jesus? Come on, you're right standing with God? Five of you, all right. We're gonna get some people saved today, okay? The righteous flourish. Now, we want our life to flourish. What do they flourish like? And then it goes and describes them. They flourish like those huge trees of Lebanon and those huge palm trees. And then it begins to talk about the soil that they're planted in. They, which ones are they? The righteous ones that are flourishing, those ones are planted in the house of the Lord. You read you reading your Bible? They are planted in the house of the Lord. And then it goes on to say they flourish. And they flourish where? In the courts of our God. It mentions what you're going to flourish like. And then it says, oh, by the way, uh, this is the soil that you should be in if you want to flourish like that. You need to be in the house of of the Lord in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. Come on. They are ever full of sap and green to declare that the Lord is upright. 
He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. Lord, I pray that in the next uh, few moments that we have together, that, God, you would just speak to me and uh, through me and speak to this whole entire audience today and those that are planted and those that are still trying to get planted. God, I pray that you would just show us through your word what you want for our life. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for your word. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Belong, 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 belong. One of the, the great uh, aspects of being planted is that you belong to something. When I, when I look at my plants that I have on my patio that I've been referencing through this whole series, uh, it, it, I look out there and they are placed in such a way that they provide something. They provide something aesthetically. They look good on the patio there. Um, I didn't just take the plant and plop it in the middle so people, when they come in, they got to try to walk around it, you know? I mean, I, I, I strategically placed it in a corner, and then I, I put another one over here so that when I look out, the only window I have in my condo, I can see some life. Come on, somebody, okay? And I can see that green, you know, bushy palm thing growing, okay? They're strategically placed. They're, they're planted. They have a purpose. They belong on my patio, Okay? But they not only got put there for aesthetic reasons, they also got put there for, for other reasons to provide a little shade when I'm sitting out on my patio. And so this, there's this one, I don't even know what kind of plant it is. Some, I'm, 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 I'm like taking care of their plants because they moved to another place and they don't have room for it. Uh, one of them's dying though, don't tell them. <laughs> uh, one of them's doing really good. And I, I, strategic, I don't even know what kind of plant it is, but it's got this big branch that comes out of it and it goes right over the top of this one chair and it's the perfect spot to sit in the sun because you just get that, that shade. It's, it's beautiful. And so it has a purpose. They, they belong on my patio. Now, because they belong, I take care of them. They know they're a part of the Brinkman family, those precious little plants. It's awesome, okay? And so there's this aspect of belonging when you're planted. Now, this one, it's just chilling until it dies, okay? It's like really the one that's referenced about the wicked. It just really has no roots going down anywhere. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm watering it, but it's still dying, okay? And it really has no purpose, and I'm going to throw it away. And this one I'll, I'll find a purpose for on my patio. When I was growing up, one of my favorite memories, uh, I was probably about five years old, and it was Christmas time. Now, I know Christmas time is exciting for probably all children, but my favorite thing about Christmas time was when I lived in Idaho. Because where I lived in Idaho, it was going to snow. It, we're going to have snow every Christmas, okay? It was just going to happen. I don't even remember if there ever was a Christmas without snow. Maybe there was, but I don't remember it. And I love the, the, this part about it is that our cousins, we would switch off and on. One year we would go to their place, the next year they would come to ours. But they lived in Washington State, we lived in Idaho. And so they would come and they would stay for a couple days. And it was just such an exciting time of the cousins getting together. It didn't matter how long it had been since we'd seen them. It could have been a year, could have been six months, it didn't matter. Man, the cousins were coming, we'd stay up late, we'd all sleep in the downstairs basement in the, in the, in the family room, we'd, we'd stay up watching uh, Captain America. Come on, somebody. Yeah. And uh, we'd watch, you know, some shows. I remember one time we were all sleeping there, and someone was sleeping on a mat, and in the middle of the night their mat got too close to the stove, and it caught on fire. It's pretty exciting. These were exciting times. We didn't mess around. And this was just a great memory for me. And as I was studying for this week, I, I was reminded of those memories because it was in those moments that I realized that I wasn't just a brinkman, but I was a part of a bigger family. I, there, was, there was more than just me. There was more than just my three brothers. There was more than just my mom and dad, that I was a part of something bigger. And it was just like, you know, it's just instant. It's like when you, you hang out with somebody that you're getting to know and you're not related, and it takes a little time. But all of a sudden, you know, you introduce your kids to their cousins. These are your cousins, your family. It's like, boom, instantaneous, right? 
I have, you know, two daughters now, and they're experiencing the same thing I experienced at the age of five, although it's not in the wintertime. It's now we go, like we're doing this summer, we're going up. My mom has some, uh, a piece of property at a, at a lake, a vacation lake, and so we're going there, and that's where we like to go, and all the cousins will come together, and that we have the boat there, and we have the big, huge, I don't even know what they call it, the thing you pull behind the boat. It's not an inner tube. It's this big thing, and, and the last time we went, we got my mom on it at the age of 72. It was awesome. And then there was, my, there was my two daughters sitting next to Grandma, and they were like, go faster, go faster. My mom's in the middle like, don't go faster. It's awesome. Uh, and so my girls, they look forward to this moment. But it's so funny watching them because they're just like I was at the age of five. They get up there, and they haven't seen their cousins for a year, but they will play from sun up to sundown like they are best friends. And it's not like they're, you know, instant messaging each other. They're only six. Come on, somebody. It's not like they're sending texts to each other throughout the year, you know? It's like they haven't seen each other all year, and then they, they just reconnect. What is it? There's this sense of belonging, that they belong to something bigger. They belong to something greater, that, that because of that, wow, there's something more out there. Are you with me this morning? These are some of my, my, my favorite memories. One of, one of the things we would do in Idaho when they would come is uh, we had this thing called the ground squirrel field. I know it probably doesn't even translate to you, but why we called it that was because there was a lot of ground squirrels. And they would pop out, and my brothers would shoot them. I know. So mean. I wasn't old enough. I was on my other two. But they would shoot them, and I'd feel bad for them. But every winter it would snow, and it was just a big slope. And one year we found a, uh, the hood of a car. And so we got the hood of the car, and all 12 of us piled on that hood, man. And we were just bombing down. It was just so much fun being a part of something bigger. Why is it so exciting to be planted in something? Why do people look for churches? Why do people become a part of a church? Because they realize that in being planted in a local church that it's no longer just them, but they have family that is larger than them. That they belong to a bigger vision. They belong to a bigger purpose. They belong to something that, that's bigger. And I don't know about you, but to me that's exciting. When you come to church, you realize that, you know what, I'm not the only one dealing with that thing. Are you with me? I'm not the only one struggling, working out my salvation with fear and trembling. There, there are other people that are having some of the same challenges I'm having. And there you can find somebody that you can talk with and, and you can do life with. And now things begin to make more sense. Are you with me? I'm not the only one looking for that perfect spouse from God. Come on, help me out there. Want to get married someday? Come on, oh, don't be shy. Lift your hand. You want to get married someday? Okay. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. Why are you... you Y'all, just keep your hand. Now look around for those that have their hands up. If you're a girl, look for the guys. If you're a guy, now you'll never raise your hand for anything, huh? I ain't falling for that one again. Someone over there was taking notes. They're like, oh, third row, second section, all right. I even saw them trying to take a picture with their phone. They're like, <laughs> We belong to something greater, and that is such an uh, amazing feeling to be a part of a bigger family. And, and we could go back in all the aspects we talked about last week. Let me give you this definition. Belong. It means to be in the relation of a member. Adherent. Inhabitant. To have the proper qualifications, especially social qualifications. Well, we'll deal with that another time. To be a member of a group. Be properly or appropriately placed. I belong. I'm properly and appropriately placed place to be situated. Belonging is the essential part of the Christian life. It is something that has been there since the beginning of time. In the Old Testament, we're not going to have time to turn to all these scriptures, but if you want to write them down and look at them later, the Old Testament teaches us this principle of belonging, that we belong to God and God belongs to us. 
In these, uh, these references that are on your screen, Genesis 17, 1 through 8, Exodus 6, 1 through 8, Exodus 29, 42 through 46, and Leviticus 26, 40 and 45. All of these make reference to this statement. I am your God and you are my people. I belong to you and you belong to me. Now, how many think that's a pretty cool thing? The fact that God himself is saying, hey, guess what? I'm your God and you're my people. In other words, let me just put it in terms for today. You belong to me and I belong to you. I'm your God, you're my people. The Old Testament teaches it from Genesis all the way to Malachi that there is a place for the righteous to belong. And that is in the presence of God. That is in relationship with him. Matter of fact, as you read the Old Testament, you see every time that Israel messed up, what did God do? God approached them and he provided a new covenant for them. Why? Because he wanted them to belong in his family. God wants you to belong. Belonging is an essential part of the Christian life. Really, you know, to be honest with you, because I've heard people say this, they say, you know what, I don't, I don't need a church in order to live out my Christian life. And you know what I'm going to tell you today? You're wrong. You need a church. You absolutely need a church. Now, I'm telling the wrong people because obviously you realize that because you're here, okay? But next time someone tells you that, you can just like them and say, you're wrong. Why? Because my pastor told me so. Study the scripture. Study the passages. See what it says about it. How, how wonderful it is for, for, the, for the people to dwell together. Do not forsake the gathering of the saints together. What are all those verses telling us? They're saying this. Hey, you can't make it on your own. You need somebody else. I mean, look, look all the way back to Genesis. It, it ain't good for man to be alone. So what did he do? He made perfection. He made woman. Come on, somebody. He said, look, man, you need somebody perfect in your life. <laughs> so he made woman. Not good for us to be alone. Throughout the whole entire Bible, man, we need to be connected. You can't walk out your Christianity on your own. I'm sorry. He's, yes, yes, you have Jesus. And yes, you need Jesus. You need the word of God. But as iron sharpens iron, so, yeah, so man sharpens the countenance of his friend. And we sharpen one another. We challenge one another, okay? And I believe everybody should be planted in a local church. The New Testament teaches us this. We see in the New Testament, Mark chapter uh, 1, verse 17, what did Jesus have? Jesus had disciples. What did he do? He said, hey, come follow me. I'm going to make you fishers of men. What did he say? He said, hey, come belong, be a part of this, and I'm going to teach you about life. People dropped everything, followed him. They belonged. Jesus wasn't the only one that had disciples. It was like, they were like little gangs back in the New Testament. Come on, somebody. They had the Crips and the Bloods, but they were just called different things. They were John's disciples, Jesus' disciples, okay? And they, hopefully they weren't wearing do-rags and stabbing each other, but... People had disciples, okay? What, they belonged to something. You see it throughout the whole entire scripture. Paul even actually addresses it several times. He says, look, you say you're this person, you say you're this. You know, forget that for a minute. We're, we're a part of the kingdom of God. And so people, there's a deep desire to belong to something, and it's a very biblical principle. Acts chapter 2, 41, uh, verses 41 through 47. The Bible says in this passage that people were added daily added daily to the house of the Lord, added daily to the church. Before that, it says in one place that 3,000 people were saved. They were counting people. They were adding people. Why? Because he wants you to belong and be a part of a local church. Are you with me this morning? We see this through the New Testament. We see it all over. People were added, New Testament church. They were counted. They were a part of something. Here's the thing. The world gets this. The world understands being a part of something. 
The world understands this planted principle. Okay? I mean, just simple, simple things. Uh, you know, you go to, uh, you, go, you have club memberships. How many of you guys have a club membership and you go work out? Okay? How many of you guys actually use your club membership? Okay. I can tell by some of you that are raising your hand, you're lying. I was like, you ain't been in a club. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Lighten up, people. You have store memberships. Right? Can I get your Ralph's card? Costco, Sam's Club, Albertsons, everything has a card. We might, we might have a card, and you can just card in, all right, as you walk in. But you'll probably do what I did back when I was in college. You'll card in and then leave. Like, oh, see, I was there. I saw you driving away. Well, I forgot something. I came back. Trust me, I really did. I used to card in and go play ping pong. Anyway. You guys ever wonder before, like when you're going in for surgery, you ever thought about acting, asking the doctor what kind of grades they got? My little one's thought about that. Hey, can I see your, can I see your, like, you know, your report cards from college before you cut on me? Because I want to know, did you get an A or a C? Come on, somebody. <laughs> Y'all with me? Like, oh, you, you got a D in cutting? Okay, we have someone else. We have someone else make the decision, and one, once you're in, hey, just go for it. But I don't know if I want you making the decision. I, I remember when I had two knee surgeries, and one of the knee surgeries, the, the doctor walks in and goes, uh, which knee is it? I'm like, dude. Are you serious? He goes, no, I, I do that with all my patients. I just want to make sure they tell me, so I make sure I get the right knee. And I'm like, help. Nurse, help. You know, you know. well, what about, you know, because I just got done telling you that I skipped out on chapel, and here I am as a pastor. I'm really good at ping pong, but I don't know the Bible at all. <laughs> I am reading the Bible today, right? <laughs> just kidding. Come on, lighten up. It's okay to laugh, people. <laughs> Jesus, come back now. The world gets it. I don't know what it is about church, but sometimes we just don't seem to get it. That we'll hop from place to place. Listen, I've talked about this before. If you're looking for a church, man, look. But if you're looking for a whole year, the issue ain't the church, the issue is you. Well, I mean, you can't find me. You got 56 Sundays in a year. If you visit 56 different churches, ladies and gentlemen, find one, get planted, okay? There's nothing wrong, but, but man, you, should, you can look for a while. Pray about it. it you you want to make sure you're invested in good soil where you can get fed and you can grow. And man, is there a single guy or is there a single girl? Come on, somebody, okay? You want to find those things, and that's okay, okay? But get planted. Now, if you're in a season of getting transplanted, that's okay. But once you find that place, you need to invest yourself. We talked about in the first one, invest yourself into that soil and see growth begin to take place in your life. Three aspects. Let me give them to you real quickly in the next five minutes. Three aspects of belonging. The first one is this, is you have a place. You have a place. When you belong, you have a place that you belong to. And that is just such a great feeling. Even if you don't use your club membership, you can be like, yeah, I'm a member. 24-hour fitness. Right? You belong to something, so if you ever wanted to go work out, you could. You belong. You have a place that you are. Here's the cool thing is God's the one that's placed there. Turn your Bibles with me, if you would, to Acts chapter 17, verse 26. Someone's calling to find out how good the service is. Is it good? Just tell them yes, okay. Acts 17, verse 26 says this, and he made from this is he, God, made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth 
having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God in the hope that they might feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he's actually not far from each one of us. What is the Bible telling us in Acts chapter 17? If you look at the whole passage, it is telling you this, that God is the one that has determined when we're going to live, where we're going to live, the family that you're in. Come on, you can't get away from them. The church that you should be a part of, the place for you. God has a place for you. He's the one, the Bible talks about, he's the one that sets them in, the members in, in their rightful spot. Why does he do that? He does that not just as a benefit for you, but he does it as a benefit for the people you're around. Yeah, some of you guys. And here's, here's how it benefits you with the people you're around. They challenge you. Mm. Yeah. So when, you, you know, when somebody gets upset with you, just be like, look, God put me in your life <laughs> to challenge you, to rub you the wrong way, create some friction. You know, and then someone will come along to them and be like, you know what? Hello, I'm in your life. Okay. God's the one that places us there. God's the one that positions us there. Number two, there's a position. We not only have a place, oh, I belong here, this is my place, but when God places us somewhere, just like when I place those plants out in, my, out in my patio, I didn't just place them there for fun, I placed them there because they have a position to play. They look good there. They, they create shade there. Each and every one of you, when you get planted in a church, you have a specific place because you have position. What's the position for? We're going to talk about that in just a minute. Position. Turn in your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12 says this, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. Verse 14. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am, a, I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would, not, um, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? And if the whole body were an ear... Where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet there are one body. Why is God into you getting planted? Why is he into the place? Why is he into the position? Because the Bible says he is building his church. And when he builds his church, he brings the right people, he brings the right body parts, if you will, he brings the right plant, and he situates it, he places it, he plants it, and he lets it grow, not just for your benefit, but for the benefit of the whole entire body. And here's the tragedy, ladies and gentlemen, if you are this, you're not helping anybody out. You're not growing, you're not thriving. You're not seeing increase in your own life. You're not flourishing like the trees that it talks about in Psalm 92. Nothing's happening. But not only that, because you aren't planted, then this one's not thriving either. You play a vital part. God recognizes that. There are some, let's bring it to practical terms. There are some of you that, that man, you are gifted with children. We need you to get planted and begin to work with children. 
There are some of you that are gifted in music. We need you to get planted and begin to help out in the music. There are some of you that are gifted with, with you know, web design or, or sound or lights, and we need your help. There are other, others of you that are gifted with, with your arm waving. Right? What is that? Dance team? No, you direct people into the parking spot. Right? Just right there. Okay? The other people you're gifted with, this right here. Yeah. Just smile. What is that? Smile and wave, boys. Just smile. No. You smile and you hand people a program? Welcome to Urban Church. Thank you. I mean, who wants to walk into this? It's your program. Welcome to the brown hard metal things. Yeah, we call those chairs. Find your own. Sit wherever you want. Jerk. You know. No one wants to come to that. So if you're that person, we'll put you somewhere else. We'll put you in kids. No, just kidding. Well, just kidding. You know, we'll, we'll find a place for you. <laughs> we don't know where that place is at, but we'll find it. Okay. Okay, there's something you can do, and, and you have to recognize that. You have to realize that, you know what, God, you brought, you just have to settle it sometimes. See, some of you are resisting. Some of you are fighting. Some of you are like, well, I can't let go of my, my other place. Listen, here's what I've learned. Here, here's what happens sometimes. God wants to give you something new, but too often times we're like this holding on to the old. And God's like, I'm really trying to put this in your hands, but let go of that, would you? Because you can't grab onto that until you let go of the old. Are you with me today? And you just need to just be like, okay, I'm going to let go. And wow, Urban Church is amazing. I know. I've been trying to tell you that for a while. It's your problem. Thank God. You know? Yeah, we're pretty amazing people. I think so. Especially the pastor. I really like the pastor guy. So cool. Down to earth. He's awesome. Tall, handsome, too. It's amazing. Just telling you what my wife tells me. Okay. You got to let go so you can grab on to the new. God, God not only has a place and a position for you, as we see in 1 Corinthians 12. Let me just finish with this. He has a purpose for you. He has a purpose for you. He has a purpose for you. Here's the thing. You don't need to run from place to place. You don't need to run from job to job. You don't need to run from wife to wife. Well, husband to husband. You don't need to. All you need to do is get planted. And when you find fulfillment in being planted, you find purpose. Because here's the thing. God placed you. He positioned you. Man, he's been grooming you. He's been preparing you. Why? Because you have a purpose in his kingdom. You have a purpose in the local church. Just like I have a purpose when I was growing up, okay? Man, I contributed to the family. Was the only contribution I made to the family? No, I was raised as a brinkman. If I did something stupid out there, my parents would bring me in and say, is that the way we raised you? Be like, no. Okay. I was to be a good representation of the Brinkman family. But inside the Brinkman family, I also had these things called chores. Somebody's like, what is that? Yeah, I know it's old school. You should probably have had some growing up. Okay? You had chores. You had responsibility. You had duty within the family. Make your bed. Do the dishes. Mow the lawn. Or weed the rock garden. <laughs> Whatever. You know? You had responsibility, but when you left, you also had responsibility. The same is true when you are planted in the local church. It's not just like, okay, come inside the church, and okay, we're, we're protected. Let's just stay right here. Let's never leave. Let's order pizzas. Stay right here. Chinese, whatever. That's, no, that's not. It's when you go out there, you display the glory of God. The Bible says, 1 Peter 2, 9, that you are a royal priest and a holy nation, God's own special chosen people. 
And it doesn't stop there. It says, so that you can proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. This is really good preaching. Thank you. Thank you. I feel encouraged. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The benefits are here. The, the work is here. But when you leave, why do we leave and go out? Man, hopefully we come here and we get encouraged. We get built up. We do our part. Then we go out and we win the loss for Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. So that when the other plants come in, they don't see this. Ooh, why would I want to look like that? You don't. You want to look like this. I wish it was blooming. It had a big flower coming out of it. It would be awesome, right? You want to look like this. But when people walk in, and this is what they're seeing, they're like, oh, this church is a little weird. You with me? But if they see this, they're like, wow, how do I get that beautiful? Get planted. No, not just urban church. Whatever church you're a part of, you're here visiting, and get planted. Get planted, and you begin to flourish, and you have purpose Man, I wanted to share with you some other things, but I'm going to stop right there. Here's the thing is, if I had one and I knew they sold them at Home Depot, I would have got one. But too many of you are like a tumbleweed. Didn't see those at Home Depot. Hey, you got your tumbleweeds on here. You ever seen a tumbleweed before? You're driving out in the desert? Where's that thing going? <laughs> Just, it's a tumbleweed. There's no purpose. Some of you are living your life like that. Wind and storms arise in your life and you're just like. Another wind and storm. You know what we do with tumbleweeds in the desert? We smash them. They obliterate. It's awesome. It's kind of fun actually. I lived in Vegas for three and a half years. But then there's other people that are like a plant. That are planted. There's no purpose to a tumbleweed. And if you are like that tumbleweed, there's just, man, I don't have any direction. I don't have any clarity. I don't know where I'm going. And then this thing happens, and oh, I'm over here. And then this thing happens, and I'm over here. And, uh, and then, oh, no, I found out some bad news. And then, oh, man, the finances aren't doing too good. And then, oh, man, this and that. And you're just blowing all over the place. But the righteous flourish like a tree planted in the house of the Lord. What is God saying to you today? God is saying, I want you to be this. I want you to flourish. I've got good plans for you. I've got thoughts to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. I don't want you being blown from this place to that place. I don't want you to be a tumbleweed. I want you to be a plant that's planted, that has place, that has position, and that has purpose, and begins to fulfill that purpose right there in that church. It's not just about you. It's about reaching many others, and when you get planted, you can begin to do that with your life. Think about it. If you're not planted in a local church, how can you fulfill the greater vision of God which is to make disciples out of all people. Are you with me this morning? You cannot fulfill the mandate of God to go and make disciples out of all nations unless you have a church that when you witness to that person, you can come and bring them in and they begin to learn about God and they begin to know God. So I'm, I'm just gonna start a house church. Fine, then start a house church because there you go, you have a church. Are you with me today? You cannot fulfill the great purpose of God, the great commission of God without being planted in a local church. When you get planted, not only are you flourishing, but the kingdom of God is flourishing because he has a place for you, a position for you, and a purpose for you. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, I pray right now as we conclude this service, Lord, I pray for those, Lord, that are, are, are here today, and maybe they're checking this church out. Maybe they're just visiting. God, whatever they're at, Lord, I pray they would see the need to get planted. 
And if it's not urban church, God, I pray we could help them discover a great church in their area that they could get planted in and they could grow. But God, if it's urban church, Lord, I pray that they would let the roots go down. I pray, God, that they would, they would, they would, they would, they would investigate the doctrine of the word. They would check out the teachings of the word and make sure it's, it's correct. And I pray that they would allow their roots to go down and they could get fed and they could grow and their life would flourish. God, their, 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 their future life would flourish. God, as many make connections and, and get married, that, 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 Lord, that their families would flourish. God, that their businesses would flourish. God, that everything they do, Lord, your word declares in Psalm chapter 1 that all that their hand would do, you would prosper it. It's a righteous person that's planted. Hallelujah. And God, we would walk out of here as great representations, first and foremost, of your kingdom. Not when we share our faith and our love with others, we could say, hey, I got a church I'm a part of. You, you should come and check it out. And they would learn good doctrine. Lord, I pray for those that aren't planted in a community group that, Lord, they would, get, they would just get planted in a community group and begin to, to grow with that community group, be challenged by one another. Lord, if they can't find the community group that they want to be a part of, that, God, you would challenge them to start one and begin to invite people and begin to grow. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray this morning that, God, as we walk out of this place, we'd walk out knowing that you're a good God and you've got great things in store for us. 